It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 27th, 2012, the last Virtual Bible Study for 2012. My father, Greg Gwynn, joins me to my right. Hello, Dan. Jacob, <coughs> great to be with you tonight. Look forward to our discussion. Yeah, looking forward to it as well. And we look forward to your participation tonight, 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com. If you're listening to us live tonight, the chat room to the right of your video window is alive and well. And join in with the discussion. Well, we're still pushing our Bible reading yes, calendar. Well, there's we've a little some, bit of time. We've had several requests. We still have them available. We can either email you a, a Microsoft Word document that contains the reading schedule for 2013 or we can put a hard copy in the mail to you if you send us your snail mail address. Either way, send us a message to questions at collegeview.com, and we'll be glad to get that to you. We think it's a real good reading program. We've, I think this is the 13th year that we've printed such a, a uh, Bible reading calendar. Uh, the elders here at College View try to encourage the members to engage in that. I think it's real helpful. Uh, different ones use different schedule. I like to I like to read first thing in the morning. Sort of gets the day started, gets my day started at least in the right vein. And uh, but I think maybe others read in the evening. But yes. whenever, if you if you can do it, if you can invest the time, you won't be sorry. Now, uh, do you accept a credit card or check, or how do I get you payment? Well, anything will do because we won't accept it anyway. Oh, so you, yeah. it's a waste of time. It's That's free, right. it's free of free, charge. absolutely free. So, so what about the postage and handling? We'll take care of that as well. Okay, so all right. Let us know if we can if we can get you a copy of that. We'd be glad to do so, okay. and uh, we think it's very beneficial. All right. So send your request to questions at collegeu.com. Some time still. For you to get that by the first of the year, and if you're a little bit late, the, the schedule is such that uh, you can start a little bit late if you have to. Yeah, you can catch up. We, one of the things I like about this program is it's, it, there's five readings per week, so you know if you have a day that you just can't get to it, then you have a couple days during the week to catch up okay. and stay on track. So it's really good, I think, and it and it reads through the Bible, not just book after book, but it reads chronologically. Okay. Tries to tries to fit, especially the Old Testament, together in chronological order. Questions at collegeview.com to get your calendar. We encourage you to do that. All right, our topic for tonight. Tonight we're going to talk about lying. You know, I, I did a, a quick search of our archives in the virtual Bible study, which, by the way, are becoming a more and more useful tool yes. for those who might want to be researching a, a given subject. We've got well over 300 different uh, topics uh, that we've covered and I didn't find anything on lying. I think we've mentioned it. You've got to be. You, you can't be telling me the truth. I'm not lying. You're not. I'm not we've lying. We've never I talked th- about I it. I think we haven't talked about Well, I think we have talked about lying, but I don't think we've yeah. done a, a, an entire program on it. Okay. And that's rather remarkable because it is a huge moral issue. Yes, it's, it is. it's a big problem. It's maybe one of the biggest ones that we could talk about. Yeah. Uh, I, I found some statistics, and, there's, of course, you can find all kinds of statistics. In fact, uh, Eric in Fayetteville, Tennessee, wrote back and said, are you sure you can trust statistics on lying? You know? Well, yeah, because they are sort of self-reported. Yeah. 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 Uh, so anyway, uh, uh, here was one study that said t- a study taken in Great Britain said that men tell lies six times a day. Women average three lies a day mm. in Great Britain. In the United States, one study had 77 college students plus 70 community members. Keep a diary detailing their deceptions. The students admitted to lying an average of twice a day, while community members lied about once per day. That sounds a little low. I saw some other stats in a survey of almost 30,000 students in U.S. high schools. 30% admitted to stealing from a store within the past year. 23% said they stole something from a parent or relative. 20% 20% confessed they stole that. Those are I, obviously the, I got some stats there on stealing. But on the subject of lying, this is high school students. 42% said they sometimes lie to save money. 
83% confessed that they lied to a parent about something significant. Mm. Uh, and then it went on just basic uh, honesty is, is uh, uh, pretty low. Uh, it, it said 64% cheated on a test during the past year, 38% cheated two or more times. But get this. Now, get that. They're all admitting to stealing, lying, and cheating. But the survey said 93% they were satisfied with their personal ethics and character. Wow. Uh, 77% said that when it comes to doing what's right, they're better than most people they know. Wow. So these people lying, stealing, cheating, but they still still feel good about themselves. It's not that big a deal. 877-381-4567. If you'd like to join in about lying, you asked some questions earlier today. Yeah, to our update list earlier today, we always remind you, uh, and we we get just continual requests to to be added to the uh, mailing list, and we're glad to do that. Send us an email to questions at collegeview.com. Just simply say, put me on the list. And on Thursday, midday or so, we'll send out a, an email telling about the topic for discussion that evening and asking some questions, begin to get feedback from our listeners. we got a good bit of feedback already. We're still looking to feedback for these questions. Number one, what Bible verses condemn lying, both Old Testament and New Testament verses? And there's a lot of them. We'll okay. see here in just oh, a minute. Yeah. We'll cover those just real briefly. We'll just re- reference those briefly. Number two, which I think is kind of interesting, what do you think are the main things that motivate people to lie? Mm-hmm. In other words, why would I lie versus tell the truth? Mm-hmm. What, what would be the reason to say, oh, i got to tell a lie here? You know, this seems like a time to lie versus just tell the truth. What, what would be those motivators? Number three, what are some of the harmful consequences of lying? And then finally, number four, which I think might be the most interesting part of our discussion, how would you answer someone who says that lying is sometimes justified? And then they use some Bible examples, and I mentioned two. You may come up with some others, but I'm, I thought of the, the midwives in Egypt, you know, mm-hmm. when, when they were told to kill all the male children that mm-hmm. were born. What about them as an example of God? In other words, some would say they're God-commended lying. Maybe the better-known episode is that of Rahab the harlot in the yeah. city of Jericho when she hid the spies who'd come to spy out the city and lied about it to the, to the city People who came searching oh, for them. And she's in the Hebrews 11 uh, she's, talking yeah, about what the, a great woman she was. Yeah, she's commended, and we want to talk about what commends her uh, in Hebrews 11. Ooh, that one's going to be hard. Well, I don't think so. I think we can answer well, that. Well, okay, we'll look forward to that. 877-381-4567. Email questions at collegeview.com and join in the chat room as we talk about lying on the program tonight. Looking forward to your discussion and your participation, and uh, we're looking forward to a new operator behind the board tonight. Yeah, we got Larry behind the board tonight. We're breaking in new talent on the control board. Larry, thanks for being with us tonight. And they're doing a great job from what I can tell. All right, good. Yeah, so, so we're, whole, we're, we're doing But good. if anything goes wrong, it's, it's his, his fault. fault. <laughs> yes, right. Yeah, we, you, know, right. you know, isn't that the way? To, if it works right, right, that's what it was supposed to do. Right. If it's wrong, it's his fault. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah I'm <laughs> we got you that. set up, Larry. Right, we got you set good. up. Okay. All right. So I'm, I'm feeling a lot better about our program tonight. Then. All right. Let's go to the, real quickly, and I want to do this quickly because we could spend all night reading verses in the Bible that condemn lying. It's a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's mentioned a lot in the Bible because it has always been a problem for mankind, yeah. a lying, failing to tell the truth. I got an email from Ramona in Texas. She mentions, I'm just going to mention hers real quickly, Exodus 2016, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, Proverbs 19, 9, Proverbs 12, 22, Proverbs 24, 28, Psalm 101, 7, Numbers 23, 19. I know you can't write those down that fast. That just gives you a, a hint at how many there are in the New Testament. Some very plain ones. Colossians 3, beginning verse 9, do not lie one to another. Yep. seeing that you've put off the old man with its practices and put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of its creator. Uh, Ephesians 4.25, the English Standard Version says, Therefore, having put away falsehood, let each one of you speak the truth with his neighbor. Uh, and then one that several referenced uh, from Revelation 21, verse 8. This is also English Standard Version. But as for the cowardly, the faithless, the detestable... As for murderers, the sexually immoral, sorcerers, idolaters, and all liars, their portion will be in the lake that burns with fire and sulfur, which is the second death. I've al- I always think that those lists of sins in the in the scripture are, are so interesting because it lists things that we think 
are just horrible. I mean, it, it talks about murderers and sexually immoral, yeah. idolaters. But then in the same list is liars. We tend to think lying, you know, lying not that big, not of, that a big deal. of a deal. But clearly God thinks this. Thank you, Ramona, for those. All right, Eric in Fayetteville sends in, and he's in the chat room tonight. Glad to have you here, Eric. Uh, he references uh, Proverbs 6, 6 through 19, the li- 16 through 19, the list of the seven things that God hates. And he says it's interesting that of the seven things the Lord hates, lying makes the list twice. Uh, these are uh, There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run, eat, to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers. Notice two things there in that list of seven, a lying tongue and a false witness who breathes out lies. Yeah. Interesting passage. Thank you for that, Eric. And uh, good, good uh, certainly point. it does uh, indicate that this is a big deal to God. And then Revelation 21, verse 8, again, he references uh, those all liars will have their uh, part in hell. And Chris from, we always say Chris from Atlanta, but Chris was one of the ones who requested a, a Bible reading calendar, and I mailed it to him. His address is actually Hampton, Georgia. Hampton. Which I assume is close to Atlanta. I think it must be. I think, I think it is. Anyway. Well, well, and Chris still owes us a, a special guest seat Yeah, here. we're going to we're, we're get him here soon. Okay, yeah, we he, he mentions just three. One of them is the one that Eric just referenced, Proverbs 6, 16 through 19, Proverbs 12, 22, Leviticus 19, 11. And he says... There are many more, but even if these were the only three in the Old Testament, then it would still be very clear how God feels about lying. Yes. In other words, we don't have to multiply the verses to right. get the point. Right. One reference would be enough, but there are just tons of references. In the Old Testament, New Testament, he mentions Matthew 15, 19, and 20, Ephesians 4, 25, Colossians 3, 9. And then we got like a, a manuscript this from thing, our uh, friend Chris wow. in the U.K., uh, and he gets extra credit for effort tonight. Yeah, you know, you you, you noticed that his email said he sent it from his iPhone, and, yeah. it's, and, it, and when I printed it off on the printer, it's nine pages long. His yeah. thumbs must be they're, sore. They're still numb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, he I, and and we just simply don't even have time to reference all the ones he finds. He find he he sent us fifty-seven verses from the Old Testament that, that reference verses. and condemn lying. And he references 14 in the New Testament. So thanks for all that work, Chris. Lots of work there uh, to emphasize uh, just how much God detests lying. He did mention uh, there's an example of two people lying, Ananias and his wife Sapphira. Both of their lives were taken by the Lord for lying. We should take to heart this example and understand how much God hates lying. Yeah. So, a uh, good point. He references Proverbs 12:22, lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. And also he references Proverbs 13, verse 5, a righteous man hateth lying, but a wicked man is loathsome and cometh to shame. Uh, so our attitude needs to mirror what God's attitude is towards this sin, and we need to hate it. Very good. Eric uh, in the chat room says, the first lie told is by Satan in the garden. Uh, perhaps lying is such a big deal to God because he hears the voice of the father of lies speaking through his children. Very good point, Eric. Uh, uh, the, the first sin was connected with the lie that Satan right. told. Yeah. Uh, so it, it, it's a huge, huge problem. And I, and I do think that one of the issues we're dealing with, Jacob, is that people diminish it as being yeah. not significant. Yeah. You know, it's not that big of a deal. When it clearly is, maybe the reason people think it's not such a big deal is because it is so common. Yeah. I mean, they do it all the time, and so they've just grown calloused and hard-hearted toward the reality of of this dishonesty we got to be we got to be truth tellers and again we we understand people of the world are not going to not going to try to maintain uh, basic honesty but for those of us who who are god-fearing people who claim allegiance to the lord jesus christ it has to be so that we are determined to tell the truth. All right. Well, it's about time for a break, and we need to do that. As we go to the break, we'll ask you for your comments. What do you think about lying? What are your, your thoughts? Uh, the next question we need to get to is uh, what are some motivators? What's causing yeah. people to do all this lying? Yeah, we want to talk, secondly, what do you think are the main things that motivate people to tell lies? And I think what we're going to find out is the things that motivate them to tell lies are also wrong. In other words, the lies are wrong. The things that cause you to want to lie are also usually wrong. All right. Uh, We'll uh, take a break and let you get in on the discussion tonight. The line is open, and it's toll-free, 877-381-4567. Chris in the U.K. references Proverbs 19, verse 9. A false witness shall not be unpunished, 
and he that speaketh lies shall perish. What are your thoughts on lying? What motivates people to lie? Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. Tonight on Channel 8 WSIN, it's TV like you've never seen it before. Starting at 8, it's TV's funniest new comedy, Fornication in the City, and Marie has been misbehaving again. Guess what? I just cheated on my husband. He doesn't even know about it. (laughs) And then at 8.30, it's the show that's setting the standard. You won't want to miss this week's I Love This World, where Bob makes a great announcement. Well, I think it's time you knew the truth. I'm gay. (laughs) And at 9 o'clock. It's the show that Television Magazine has called the number one drama for murder and violence. You won't want to miss this week's In Cold Blood to see who will be the next to be gunned down. It all starts tonight at 8 o'clock on Channel 8 WSIN. I'm Greg Gwynn reminding you that sin is a terrible thing and that those who are entertained by watching others sin fall under the condemnation of God that is mentioned in Romans 128. Be careful what you watch on television because in spite of what the devil wants you to think, sin is always sin and it's never funny. Here's some quotes worth pondering. It's been observed that many people use mighty thin thread when mending their ways. Life is tragic for the person who has plenty to live on but nothing to live for. The empty tomb proves Christianity, but the empty pew denies it. Man, wish I'd said that. And whatsoever ye do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Colossians 3:17. Now, back to the program. We're back on the program tonight, and we are talking about lying, and we want to know some of the motivators. We're looking forward to your comments in the chat room. The chat room is open. If you're not signed in tonight, uh, follow the simple instructions at the bottom of the chat window, and you can join in the discussion with listeners around the country and perhaps around the world tonight on the virtual Bible. Got an, e- got an email uh, from Jared in Cookville who's listening on an iPad tonight. Oh, Thanks iPad. us for getting mobile compatible. Oh. We're just barely oh. mobile compatible, but we, we are doing something that will give you a chance. If you want to listen on a, on a tablet or on a, a smartphone, go to Ustream.tv, download their app. Okay. Then using that app, Search for the virtual Bible study. Mm-hmm. You can find when we're on live. You can watch live, when or you can also uh, look at some archive programs. There. That's right. You actually you sound like you know what you're talking about for, there. I don't. I don't. Oh, okay, okay. I don't have a smartphone. Okay. No, I don't either. But I can call people with mine. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey. Uh, and uh, while we're talking about technical things, we're uh, we're working on getting our podcast speed up to date. Uh, uh, there is an issue with dates in the, in the most recent program not showing up first. And uh, I think Brad in uh, Alabama, he's going for podcast listener of the year. He's going to fix that. For oh, sweet. Yeah. Good. He's going to write a program to fix it. Can you imagine that? That will be great. Yeah. Thanks. All Thanks, right. Brad. That sort of makes my head hurt. But I'm glad yeah. that he's doing that. So thank you, Brad, for that. Okay. All right. What, what, what motivates people to lie? All right. Um, we got some emails. I, I was also, I've also found something in my searching about this subject a psychologist by the name of Robert Feldman cites self-esteem as one of the biggest culprits in our lying ways. He says, what? quote, we find that as soon as people feel that their self-esteem is threatened, they immediately begin to lie at higher levels. You've got to be kidding me. In other words... Oh, they're going to think words, bad of me? If, if something makes me look bad, mm. maybe I was lazy and and didn't do my job like i was supposed to and it's going to make me look bad and i don't want to look bad so i start lying to cover my tracks i see and so uh you know we've talked before about the problem of self-esteem that that the bible does not encourage us to elevate our self-esteem but rather encourages us not to think more highly of ourselves than we should you're saying this could be a trap so this is illustrating the point i was making just before the break that not only is lying wrong, but what motivates us to lie is also wrong. So the underlying reasons for lying, in other words, I'm worried about my self-esteem. Basically, I'm proud. Yeah. And I and I'm I, and I I don't want to look bad in the eyes of others, so I lie uh, about my failures to keep from looking bad. Yeah. Well, so so the underlying attitude that I had 
is the problem that provoked me to, to the overt act of lying. Yeah. Uh, he uh, goes, that makes sense to me. I mean, yeah, yeah. He goes on to say, many lies are simply for the purpose of maintaining social contacts by avoiding insults or discords. You don't want to hurt uh, someone's feelings. Man. Yeah. Uh, for instance, you, your wife says, this dress make me look fat. Right. You don't want to answer that. What dress are you talking about? <laughs> you, know, you, you don't want to answer that, so you lie about it. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. so he says a lot of lies are told for those kind of reasons, to avoid insults or discord. You know, we've mentioned before, I know we've talked about this on the Virgin Bible study before, the old Andy Griffith show on TV. Yeah. You know, if you analyze that show, if you just sit back and view that sort of objectively, they told lies all the time. But it was it was oh, it was okay because it was to protect Andy lying to, to protect Barney's feelings right. or, or Andy lying to protect Aunt B's uh, feelings. Yeah, you know? right. I remember one time she made some some pickles that yeah. were just inedible. You remember that? I show? remember that. But they lied throughout the show because yeah. they didn't want to tell her the pickles are awful. Yeah. And so, but people think that's okay. Yeah. Uh, he goes on to say, small lies that avoid conflict are probably the most common sort of lie. Uh, avoiding conflict is a top motivator for deception. So in other words, I, I, I just, I, I don't want to have to deal with this because it might cause strife between you and me. I'm just going to lie about it, gloss it over. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a, that's interesting, and I think it's going to mirror some of the responses that we have in our email today. Uh, Ramona says uh, some motivators are to escape punishment. So in other words, uh, if I fess up, there's going to be some consequences. In other words, if I didn't do my homework. I'm going to get punished, but if I said the dog ate my homework, right. I might the teacher might right. let me off. Yeah, right. right. Or your parents asked you, "Did you do this?" And no, I didn't do that. Yeah. Uh, selfishness and personal gain. Uh, maybe this is sort of you know, that the, the business world. The line you know, I think that's a big problem. I think Ramona has really hit on a key uh, element there. If I tell the truth, it's going to cost me right. money. Right. If I lie about it, I could instantly uh, avoid a financial, uh, you right. know. Some, some financial costs. So selfishness in yeah. business dealings and lying for personal gain, definitely there. All right. She says. But, but get, now, again, I want to emphasize my point. Do you see that that underlying character flaw yeah. is what actually produces the actual act of lying? Okay. All right. We, and we'll see that here. Pride and envy, she says, and that, refer- that goes along with what you mentioned. And then misguided love and kindness. Not to hurt feelings. That's a g- interesting. Misguided love. It's not. She says, and I think she'd be correct. It's not true love if you are lying to them. In other words, and I think that even happens about religious things. I, I don't want to tell somebody. You know, I, I hate to tell them that I think they're religiously wrong. Yes. And so I just gloss over it. I I, I, I lie about it. I'm okay. You're okay. Even though I really don't think you're okay. You yeah. know, is is that so? That's a misguided, misguided love, I think, is exactly what it is. I think Ramona has hit on that very well. All right. Uh, look forward to your thoughts. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com in the chat room as well. Thank you, Ramona, for your answers. Eric in Fayetteville says, lying seems to be an easy way out of situations where the truth is uncomfortable. The easy way out. Yeah. The coward's way out. Yeah. Um, and Chris in, in Atlanta says the Here's his list. He's got a pretty good list here, I think. Uh, yeah. He says, a desire not to hurt someone's feelings. Some do not want to take responsibility for the actions, so they lie and try to cover up their actions. Some have developed a habit of lying, and it becomes easier for them to lie than to tell the truth. You know, it does sort of become a habit, I think. Oh, some. yeah, I think it is a habitual thing. I, mean, I think some people just, uh, there are what we call habitual liars. They, they, they just lie. I mean, yeah. even almost without a, a necessary yes. reason for it. Yes. Uh-huh. He says a hard heart. And then he goes on to say someone may choose to lie when they do not really believe what God teaches about lying. And finally, some feel that a minor lie is a little white lie and not hurting anyone. Mm-hmm. So I think he's right on that. All right. And Chris in the U.K. says it all depends on your definition of what a lie is. A, de- a deliberate misrepresentation of the facts in order to deceive is different from being ignorant about a subject and stating something which you think is right but is false and so a lie. We need to talk about that. I'm ignoring all instances like acting in plays and playing a game like Call My Bluff, but some, but uh, I don't know, we don't have that game in the United States, but uh, I'm glad, in, U- in the UK, I guess we could ignore Call My Bluff. Uh, but things like a promise given with no intent of following through with it, along with flattery or being economical with the truth, 
uh, adding to the, that hypocrisy that uh, must be considered a lie. The worst must be a false doctrine. The thus says the Lord or the Bible says or teaches this or that. And what follows is anything but what the Bible teaches, let alone uh, 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 is actually in the Bible when read as a co- coherent whole rather than a phrase they want to read in the uh, paraphrase of choice. Um, so he says uh, false teachers. There is the sad form of lying, which is self-deceit. I have no need of a savior. God will be fine with me. He's a God of love, right? Uh, they end up believing fables and get led away from the truth. Ultimately, he is the father of all lies. All lies come from their source and Satan and also stem from the heart, which is desperately wicked and deceitful among all, above all things. Some are out of selfishness or personal gain, like with Naboth's vineyard or the unjust scales in Micah chapter 6. And, of course, people never lie in advert, adver, advertisements or political broadcasts to make you choose their product or service. Of course, that's, that's a sarcasm there. That's right. Yeah, they obviously lie in advertisements and political broadcasts. People lie to cover up sin, like Jacob's sons with the death of Joseph, Gehazi, and Naaman's reward, and uh, the I did not have relations line from Bill Clinton. Well, he's getting into our politics now. Yeah. Some lie out of pride or envy, so uh, people think better of themselves. Uh, better of them or less of other people like the Pharisees would or Ananias and Sapphira in the sale of their house or people have false uh, CVs. What is that? False uh, CVs. Or give false information as to their wealth or giving or charitable work. Uh, some out of misguided love or kindness like Abraham saying Sarah was his sister or out of love uh, for her favorite son Rebecca helped uh, Jacob deceive Isaac, the lie out of loyalty to protect your family or friends from the consequences their actions deserve. Unfortunately, to some, it's just a way of life. They have they lie for no apparent reason or reward. Their conscience is so seared they have no regard for God or the truth that he embodies. All right, thank uh, you, I think, I think it's a real good, uh, a little lengthy summary there, but really good, a lot of good points yes. in what Chris has said there. Yes. It's different things that cause people to lie. Now, I, I, back to his definition, Jacob, I think that that's yeah. a good point to, yeah. to make there. In other words, if I told you that uh, uh, they're having a sale on what? I don't know. They're having dog a, food. They're having a sale on dog food yes, at Kroger. It, it was actually cat food. And you went there and it wasn't. So I, I mean, I told you in all honesty, I believe that's yep. what the story right. was. I, you know, yep. I, I believed I was telling you the truth. I wasn't lying because I, I'm, I was wrong. Right. What I told you wasn't factually accurate, but it, I, I had no purposeful intention to deceive you. And I think Chris's definition there, a deliberate misrepresentation of facts in order to deceive, that's what we mean by lying. Yes. So I, we probably should have defined that yeah. right off the so top. Thank you, for Chris, for doing so that. So, Chris, thanks for doing that. All right. Uh, we got quite a bit of chat in the chat room. We do. John and Oak, uh, uh, Eric in Fayetteville, oh, Tennessee says, all this we, should, we shouldn't ever need to begin a sentence with, to be honest. That yeah, that's go, sort of, I don't That know. should go without saying. Uh, John, I'll be honest with you. Oh, wait, you weren't being honest with me? Yeah. You, you uh, normally lie to me? Right. You're going to be honest now? It, you know, that almost, that almost uh, when someone says, uh, I'm, I'm going to be real honest with you here, that almost sounds like a used car salesman, you know, right <laughs> off the top. <laughs> yeah. uh, John in uh, Edmond, Oklahoma says, to me, a somewhat dead giveaway of someone lying is when they begin with, quote, don't tell anyone I said this, but they're unwilling to put their name to it, then it may be a lie. Uh, uh uh, Eric says, uh, I don't get that. No, it's not. No, it's not. Oh, that was the question. Does this dress make me look fat? Oh. <laughs> he says, no, it's not the dress. Oh, oh, oh man, oh, Eric, you're really asking for Woo. it there, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then John responds to that. Uh, 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 Dell in the chat room says, people lie to avoid embarrassment of being caught in a situation that they should not be in, which I think is mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric says, what about lies to set up a surprise party or prank? He says that's dangerous. I think that, uh, what do you yeah. think about that, Jake? Yeah, I've heard people who have uh, who've admitted to lying to someone to get them to a surprise party and I, sort of I, blown it off like, well, you know, yeah. oh well. I, I, I hear Christians yeah. doing things like that, and I, I've got real reservations about that. There's no, I mean, I, have res- I mean it's lying. Yeah, I mean, you can't. How do you get yeah, around that? I, well, I mean, when I say reservations, I, I believe that that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. that's probably not a strong statement. I think it's wrong. It shouldn't be yeah, done. Yeah. Uh, John says we should focus on uh, 
We should focus on lying being the intent to alter or misrepresent the truth. Many people will deceive without telling a direct lie. Being misleading or misdirecting is the same thing as lying. That's another good point. In other words, if I purposefully told you something that wasn't wasn't actually false, but I told it to you with the purpose that I was leading you to a false conclusion. In other words, I knew in the way that I told this that you would come to a false conclusion based on what I said. I did it that way on purpose. I didn't I didn't specifically lie in the sense that I didn't tell something untrue. But, I, but the way I represented the thing, I did it purposefully to mislead you and get you to jump to a, a, a faulty conclusion. And that's just that's dishonesty. It may not, uh, depending on how we're going to define lying, uh, it, it, it may not be lying, but it is certainly dishonest and, and has the same effect. All right. We may even talk about that. We need a break. 877-381-4567. When we get back from the break. We need to talk about some of the harmful consequences of lying, and we look forward to those thoughts. Thank you for all the good comments in the chat room. I've been missing all those. My, my chat room window was all locked up, and I'm, I'm reading them now, so that's good. Uh, we'll look forward to your additional comments in the chat room, and the phone line is open, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Have you heard of Murphy's Law? There are many versions, but the basic notion of Murphy's Law is this. If anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. Any Saturday mechanic, weekend repairman, or home-owning handyman will have to admit that this Murphy, whoever he was, had pretty good insight. Skinned knuckles, stripped threads, broken parts, missing pieces, and malfunctioning equipment are a continuing testimony to the apparent accuracy of Murphy's pessimistic view. However, there's one realm where this law is certainly not true. Paul wrote, quote, We know that all things work together for good to them that love God, Romans 8, verse 28. This is a wonderful promise and a great blessing. But note, it's only for them that love God, and we know that love for God must be demonstrated by humble obedience. In 1 John 5, verse 3, we read, For this is the love of God, that we keep His commandments. Those who will not fully surrender to Him need not expect this outcome in their lives. But wait just a minute. Are we to believe that the life of a faithful Christian will be all roses, no troubles? Certainly not. Paul writes again, quote, Yea, all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution, 2 Timothy 3, verse 12. Persecution is never a pleasant thing, but those who serve God are told to expect it. So how can we reconcile these two statements from Paul? The answer lies in our perspective, whether we view things temporally or eternally. Only when we're able to see the events of this life in relation to death, judgment, and eternity will we be ready to agree that, quote, all things work together for good. Ultimately, anything that makes us more like God wants us to be, anything that prepares us for a home in heaven, is a good thing. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm James Buchanan from Columbia, Tennessee, and I love to listen to the virtual Bible study. For he hath said, I will never leave thee, nor forsake thee, so that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper, and I will not fear what man shall do unto me. Hebrews 13, verses 5 and 6. The virtual Bible study continues. We're back on the program tonight, and we want to remind you this program is brought to you by the College U Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. We'll also let you know you can podcast a recent sermon that has been preached here at the College U Church of Christ by visiting our website and signing up and uh, subscribing to the sermon podcast. You can also uh, subscribe to the Virtual Bible Study podcast and find out an archive of the last going on eight years of programs that we've uh, had here on the, pro- on the Virtual Bible Study. So we look forward to you checking that out and letting us know if you have any questions about what we believe, what we teach and what we practice. Thank you. Just uh, just a note there on that on that uh, intro to back to the program there after our break. James Buchanan, who used to be here in Columbia and has helped a number of times on the virtual Bible studies, yes. now living and preaching in South Africa, and we've had some contact back from him. And I don't know if he's able. He's probably if he listens it's now has to listen of by the If podcast. he's listening tonight at live, he's got a bad case of insomnia, and we're very sorry. For yeah, but anyway, uh, best wishes to yeah. uh, James and in his work. And I'm sure it's warmer there than yeah. it is here yeah. right now. Yeah, it should be on summer the other there. side of the world. It should be so, summer in yeah, South Africa. Yeah, but he does uh, communicate with us, even yes. sends in his uh, uh, submissions yes. to the program That's from right. time to time. So glad to have him listen. All right. Uh, back back up in the chat room, uh, in regards to 
a mistaken, inaccurate statement. Yeah, let's talk about Does that. Does that need correcting or not? In other words, if I told you cat food or dog food's on sale at Kroger and you said, and you went there and it wasn't so. And I said, oh, that dog told me a lie. Should, should I, am I obligated to make a correction of that? You know, I, I think I would agree with Eric that probably some judgment has to be employed there. I mean, it's not a lie. It's not purposeful misrepresentation. It was a wrong, it was an inaccurate statement, but not with the intention to deceive. So I don't think there's a sin involved in that. Now, let's talk about this. You said um, that a, a, a statement that's intending to mislead is just the same as a lie. What about, do I have to tell everything that I know or think about something? For instance, someone tells me, uh, you know, ask me, how do you like the dessert I made? Do I have to, do I have to say everything that I think about it? Or is it? Am I misleading or deceitful if I don't say everything? Oh, I, I think you can. For instance, maybe, you know, maybe the, maybe the pie filling was good, but uh, the crust was terrible. Yeah, I, I, do I have to say I, that the crust I think is if terrible? You, Can I say that? Well, this if you is really... said everything that came to your mind, you wouldn't have a friend left in the world. Sure. Okay. But, uh, again, we're, tr- we're we're stressing the idea of the necessity for basic honesty, but certainly discretion is used in our communications with others. You know, uh, I, I don't think you have to tell everything. You know, if, if your wife has on a dress that doesn't necessarily make her look fat, but it's just not very becoming, you don't have to say anything about that. You can let that pass. Okay. Uh, so I, I don't think you have to tell everything that you feel or believe or think, but you can't lie or be dishonest about anything that you think or believe or, or whatever. Okay. All right. Uh, Eric says, sometimes I realize after I tell a story, and he's talking about a, a, an account, not a lie, after he tells a story, that I had a detail incorrect, a location, a date, whatever it may be. If uh, it wasn't uh, important or consequential, I don't always feel the need to bring it up and correct it. Okay, I think I agree. I agree with Eric. And John asked the question: Are opinions facts? When the question is subjective, we we excuse me. When the question is yeah, when the question is subjective, we can be subjective in how we answer the question. Uh, and Eric mentions Jesus chose not to answer some questions, uh, and John clarifies. Unless we're truly misleading the individual away from the truth. Maybe, maybe John can give us an example of that subjective question, that subjective answer. Yeah. Yeah, yeah maybe, we'll John, uh, maybe you can think of something there that would help uh, us to understand where you're coming from on that. Appreciate All right. That. Let's, let's get real quickly to question three. What are some of the harmful consequences of lying? All right. Uh, and I think that we can come up with several. Uh, Ramona in Texas says the false witness at Jesus' trial sent him to be crucified. Self-deception. People convince themselves of untrue things because they don't want to face reality. So self-deception is a problem. It can lead to loss of respect and confidence. In other words, if I caught you lying, Jacob, I wouldn't have near as much confidence in you in the future. And, of course, the most important thing, it alienates from God. And uh, you also skipped some of our responses on the previous page. She says, lies can deliberately mislead people such as Laban lying to Jacob about Rachel and Pharaoh promising to let the Israelites go if the plagues were removed. This is an interesting one we haven't talked about or really even thought about. Flattery can be a form of lying because people want to make a favorable first impression and deceive others. This can often backfire on them. Flattery is a it's a sin, uh, and, uh, and and God tells us that we don't need to be flatterers. Uh, so think about that in the way of uh, how agree, it relates to I lying. I agree with that. Uh, false doctrine, when it's presented as truth, which cannot be proved by the Bible, can send a person to hell. So thank you, Ramona. Uh, Eric says uh, trust is destroyed. Trust is vital in any human relationship, family, business, friends, church. We gotta have. In other words, I got people need to be able to trust that what I say is true. Mm-hmm. They they they, sh- they should not have to wonder every time I say something is am I telling the truth this time or am I lying again? Right. So certainly trust is important and trust is destroyed by lying. Uh, Chris says the most harmful consequence of lying is it is a sin. Unrepented sin leads to eternal punishment. When you tell one lie, more often than not, it leads to more lies. Your representation, reputation and character is called into question when you're caught. More than likely, you will be caught eventually. Lying oftentimes causes harm to others. Thank you, Chris, for your comments. And Chris in the UK said it harms people. Uh, he references Laban deceived Jacob so many times as to the wages for his wife, it caused a family to become separated. Uh, grief, Jacob, grief was caused to Jacob in believing that his favorite son Joseph was dead. A slander can split a workplace and a church if it gets out of control. It influences others to sin. Children learn to lie from their parents. Uh, the phone's ringing. Tell them I'm not home. 
You know, you tell little Johnny, when, they, when he, go answer the phone and tell him I'm not home. What are you teaching? I think you make a good point. Children learn to lie from the parents. Jacob got, got it from his mother and his sons got it from him. The child who hears from their parents, tell them I'm not in or, or see them cheat on their tax return, uh, they learn if you can get away with it, then it's a, uh, then go ahead and lie. In the realm of false teaching, people may act contrary to God's will, believing they are acting in the right way. Lying leads to loss of respect. Who can accept the word of one who is prone to telling falsehood? The worst is that lying, uh, being sin, ruins your relationship with God and alienates you from him. But the good news is that whilst we are helpless without strength in our sins, Christ died for the ungodly. I think you're right, Chris. Thank you, Thank Chris. You. And I just realized what he was referencing there when he said people have false CVs. You know what a CV is? That's a, that's a British uh, refer, a reference of, to a resume. Oh, it is. Yeah, yeah. So people curriculum vitae. Something like yeah, something yeah. like that. And, yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and uh, so that's good. Uh, people do lie on the resume. That'd be another thing we have to avoid. Thank you, Chris, for your comments tonight. All right. Uh, what a, let's see. Okay, here's here's the subjective oh, okay, answer. So John's giving us yeah, an example. Okay, his subjective question would be, how do you like the pie? Answer: It was good. Although you don't say that you prefer apple pie to cherry pie. You don't say the crust was too dry. You don't say the pie was too sweet. Those are subjective thoughts not needing to be stated unless asked specifically for. You can honestly say, yes, the pie was good. Yeah, I think that's right. That's a good example. So you uh, don't have to say, you don't have to focus on the negative. You can focus on the, on the things yeah, you like to make. Maybe another example. Somebody has a baby. Oh. And what do you say about the baby? You, know, you, say, you don't say, that baby looks like a monkey. Oh, no, no, you okay. say, that's a sweet baby. Oh, that's nice. That yeah. baby is so sweet. Yes. Because all babies are looks sweet. Looks healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Okay. All right. Well, those are good. Uh, maybe that's a good, good uh, response. It would be nice if you had a chat room in, in those sticky situations. You had a chat room. People could tell you, yeah, you know, how, how, how can, do I how answer? Can answer this honestly. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that would be awful handy. All right. I think we should go ahead and take our final break. But let me introduce this question. And this is, this is I think, Probably, I think we all agree. There's no question. I think uh, concerning the points we've made already about lying, but this last question potentially is the most challenging one we have to deal with. How would you answer someone who says that lying is sometimes justified, and then uses examples like the midwives in Egypt who lied about, or well, let's see, did they lie? Oh, about, yeah, right, about, right, right, about right. the babies that yeah. were the male babies that were to be killed, and what about Rahab the harlot? Okay. In, in, of We're going to need some help on those uh, questions, and so we'll need help on the phone, 877-381-4567. We'll need help in the chat room. We'll need help at questions at collegeview.com. Is lying justified, and do we prove that by the midwives in Exodus chapter 1 and Rahab the harlot in Joshua chapter 2? Eric says, uh, when you spend the night somewhere and they ask you, how did you sleep? People hardly ever go into detail. Fine could be general enough, right? Not perfect, not great, not terrible. Fine. Yeah. So you don't have to say your mattress it's stinks. Lie. It's not a lie. It's, you need to turn yeah. the thermostat down in this house. Or because I'm because back. a lot of the answers like that are relatively yeah. anyway. It's not yeah. absolute one way or the other. Right. In other words, if someone asks you, in fact, some of the things I read today about lying, they said a, a common lie is when someone says, how are you? And you say, fine. Well, maybe you're not totally fine. But that's a subjective, relative expression. In other words, you know, my knee hurts, but relatively speaking, I'm fine. Lots better than than many other people. Right. You know, so I'm yeah, fine. I mean, even I'm good fine. would be an yeah. honest answer in yeah. that case. Right. You're still good. Yeah. You know, God still loves you, and you still have a hope of heaven. Yeah. That's what else. Right. So, okay. Okay, good. All, All right, right. So let's go to the. We'll go to the. That's helpful. We'll go to the final and most challenging question when we get back to Midwives in Egypt, Rahab the harlot. Let us know your thoughts. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. Are you listening? There's going to be a test on this stuff. Stay tuned. The virtual Bible study will be right back after this. I'm Larry Raspberry, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a question for you. Do you believe in parachutes? I suppose you do. You believe they exist? But that's not what I mean. There's a difference between believing something or someone exists and putting your confidence in it or him. One who has seen a parachute knows they exist, but has never put his confidence in one. Trying one on while standing on the ground isn't faith either. Going up in a plane intending to jump out with a parachute on is not faith in the parachute either. Opening 
the door at the moment of truth and gazing outside to the ground is not faith either. It is only when one jumps out the door, counts to ten, and pulls the ripcord that he has actually put his faith in the parachute. Many of you believe parachutes exist, but only a few have actually put your faith in one. Many people in the world say they believe God exists, but only a few put their faith in Him for salvation by doing what He says. We'd love to help you in developing a saving faith in God. If we can be of assistance, please contact us. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com or call us at 877-381-4567. And thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study. We're tracking the trends on the Virtual Bible Study. Among the 18 and 29-year-olds who are leaving the religion they were brought up in, more than 20% say that their religion is too simplistic and judgmental, specifically about things like sex. They claim a just-say-no philosophy is insufficient in the modern world. Surveys indicate that young Christian singles are as sexually active as their non-church friends, and many complain that they are judged about such things. That information is from the book, You Lost Me, Why Young Christians Are Leaving Church and Rethinking Faith, by David Kinneman. The Word of God says in Galatians 4, verse 16, Am I therefore become your enemy, because I tell you the truth? Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight as we talk about lying, and we're going to the top of the hour with the more difficult, well, maybe not more difficult, but some difficult questions. Is lying sometimes justified, maybe depending on the circumstance? In the example of the midwives in Egypt and Rahab the harlot. You know, I see uh, a common thread here. Maybe maybe it's okay if it, someone's life is on the line. Because someone's life was on the line in both of these cases. And is that it? Maybe you that's know, okay? You know, really what we're dealing with here is the question of situation ethics. Yeah. Uh, in other words, would certain situations... We've been able to prove, I think, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that, that it's wrong to lie. But would certain situations mitigate that and say, it, while it's typically wrong, in a given situation it might be justified. That's really what people are arguing with mm-hmm. when they say, well, what about the midwives? What about Rahab? So what I want to do real quickly, go to both accounts. I think we can prove that they, they can't be used that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Exodus 1, the problem in Egypt was, there. Exodus 1 verse 8, there arose a new king over Egypt which knew not Je- Joseph. And he said to the people, behold the People of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come on, let us deal wisely with them, lest they multiply. And it come to pass that when there is falleth out any war, they join also unto our enemies and fight against us, and so get them up out of the land. So yeah, we got a problem. Mm-hmm. These Israelites are going to—they're going to be more of them than us. Mm-hmm. We got to s- slow down uh, their numbers. So in verse 15, the king of Egypt spake to the Hebrew midwives, of which the name of one was Shifra, and the name of the other was Puah. And he said, when you do the office of a midwife to the Hebrew women and see them upon the stools, if it be a son, then you shall kill him. But if it be a daughter, then she shall live. Mm-hmm. But the midwives feared God and did not as the king of Egypt commanded them, but saved the men alive. Now, the question is, did they actually lie in the process of this? Verse 18, the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said unto them, why have you done this thing and have saved the men children alive? And the midwife said unto Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not as the Egyptian women, for they are lively and are delivered, ere the midwives come in unto them. Now, the question is, did they lie? was that a lie? Well, You know, you, you can't prove from the text that they actually lied about that. It may have been, in fact, the case that the, maybe even providentially God was causing the women to bear their children more quickly and the and the the midwives, the service or duty of the midwives wasn't even needed. I'm not sure you can prove from that text they lied. If they did, it certainly wasn't commanded of them to lie. They weren't commanded to lie. It doesn't say that their lying was condoned or excused. Uh, it goes on to say, God, verse 20, God dwelt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and waxed very mighty. It came to pass because the midwives feared God that he made them houses and and, and so on. God was pleased with the fact that the children of Israel were spared. It's really not provable from that text that the midwives even lied in the process. They certainly weren't commanded to lie. Lying's not condoned. Lying's not excused. Lying's really not even in that text. No. You can't prove it. 
And to stand on it and say, well, it's okay, and God thought it was good that they lied, would have to contradict the very simple passages that tell us that God abhors lying. And so you'd be going out on a big limb there to say that that's an example of lying. Okay. Let us know your thoughts. Uh, What do you think? Uh, Do do, do the midwives teach that lying's okay if it's uh, to save a baby, maybe? All right, real quickly, uh, what about Rahab? Now, this is the more direct one, and in fact, Uh she did lie. In in Joshua 2, when the spies were sent, two two men were sent to spy out Jericho, and in Joshua 2, verse 4, the woman, Rahab the harlot, took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men to me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting of the gate when it was dark that the men went out. Whether the men went, I do not know. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax which she had laid in order upon the roof. She clearly lied. There's no doubt about Rahab lying. Yes, she did. Now, what she does, though, later in the same text, verse 9, she she expresses her faith in, in the God of the Israelites. She's in Jericho. And, and they're pagans in Jericho. But she has heard enough about the God of the Israelites that she believes. She said in verse 9, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is fallen upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the water of the Red Sea for you and so on and so on. Uh, she said, as soon as we heard these things, our, our, our hearts did melt and so on. Then she said, now, therefore, I pray you, swear to me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that you also show kindness into my father's house and give me a true token uh, that you will save alive my father, my mother, my brother, my sisters, all that they have, and deliver our lives from death. So she lied. In the course of that lying, she expressed her faith. She knew that, that the God of the Israelites was going to deliver the city of Jericho, uh, and, and she simply asked to be spared. From that destruction. Now, I got a problem, though, because in Hebrews chapter 11, <clears throat> verse uh, 31, by faith the harlot Rahab did not perish with those who did not believe when she had received the spies with peace. Now, it sure looks to me like that God is saying that she was good and right and just in lying about these spies. What's she commended for? What's she commended for in Hebrews 11, verse 31? She's faith. Is commended for her faith. Look in James chapter 2, verse 25. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works when she had received the messengers and sent them out another way. In other words, she had faith. And that's what she's being commended for. She wasn't commanded to lie. Her lying is not commended, but she is commended for the sake of having faith. I thought Bob, our friend Bob up in Indiana, had an interesting take on this. He said, I was just thinking, Rahab was a harlot. Does that mean God also condones, condones prostitution if he condones lying by her example? In other words, it states her being a harlot. It never condemns her for being a harlot either. Right. It, it states it's even she, mentioned there in Hebrews chapter 11. Yeah, it, it states that she lied. It yeah. didn't commend her for lying. It didn't commend her for lying. It didn't commend her for being. It didn't commend her prostitution. It commended her for faith. Okay. And so that i got to admit, I think that's a stickier illustration. Uh, it's a harder one, but I believe that's got to be the bottom line answer because that's the only way that we can harmonize that with the plain statements that we started out with, Jacob. God hates lying. All right. Interesting. Here's our listeners' feedback on this, uh, these questions, and uh, we'll look forward to hearing yours as well in the chat room tonight. Uh, the midwives, Ramona says, withholding information is not necessarily a falsehood. She references Luke 23, verse 9. Plus, they were rewarded for their works, not their words, in that they did not uh, murder the babies. If the Bible does not affirm the conclusion that they were rewarded for their lying, or she says the Bible does not affirm the conclusion they were rewarded for their lying, but for their refusal for killing the baby boys, their works. On the subject of Rahab, Ramona says, Rahab was blessed because she received the spies with with peace, Joshua 2, verse 31. She was justified by her works, James 2, 25. Rahab's line is not spoken approvingly of anywhere in the Bible, but her faith and righteous works are commended. Thank you, Ramon. I think that's right, and I think that's basically what everybody's going to say. Uh, Eric in Fayetteville says, in both instances, you cite the women, uh, midwives and Rahab, showed faith by doing the right thing, even at great risk of themselves. This and not their lying specifically is what's commended. He references Exodus 1.17, Hebrews 11.31. He says, perhaps in both cases, women could have shown an even stronger faith by not lying. Midwives could have simply said, we refuse to do such an evil thing, even if it meant they would be killed. 
And Rahab could have refused to answer at all. Perhaps God took into account their circumstances of pagan people trying to do the right thing when he overlooked their lying. Uh, We just don't know because God doesn't say why he overlooked their lying. But the fact of the matter is uh, uh, that they are not commended for lying. And I think Eric is is on track with that, too. Chris in Georgia says, I'm not totally convinced the midwives lied to the king. Maybe the Hebrew women knew what what the king had ordered and did not call for the midwives. Interesting. Uh, And uh, on the subject of Rahab, Chris says, I cannot find in the passage where the spies knew she was going to lie beforehand, so we cannot conclude they put her up to it. In fact, they were up on the roof. Furthermore, nowhere is it stated that Rahab was commended for her lying, but she was commended for her faith. God never condones lying and did not in these two instances. The fact that God made no effort to hide Rahab's lie tends to strengthen my faith in the authenticity of God's word. God does not deceive us in his word. He openly tells us about all the great men's flaws like David, Abraham, Peter, etc. And Chris makes a good point. Every other person mentioned in Hebrews chapter 11 had sin in their life. And uh, because you're listed in Hebrews chapter 11 doesn't. Uh, it's no commentary on every action that you made. It's just a commentary that's, that's on the specific way to put action. It. I think it's a good way. It's not, uh, it's not a commendation of every act of your life. Right. It's, it's a commendation of faith. Yes. Uh, John... Uh, uh, from Oklahoma says in the chat room, we can justify it based on human standards and reasoning. Uh, he says there's no teaching. Here, here's the point. There, there's no teaching in the New Testament which would justify lying for any reason. To draw a conclusion based upon a handful of Old Testament examples is to draw an uncertain conclusion. Some religions, such as Jehovah's Witnesses, will draw specific allowances for lying. However, these allowances are without scriptural support. Eric says Muslims say lying is okay in some circumstances. At least that's what he has heard. Uh, he, uh, John adds, for what it's worth, there's an interesting account where Micaiah told King Ahab that the Lord had put a lying spirit in the mouth of all these prophets of yours, First Kings 22:19. However, I don't believe the Lord caused Ahab's prophets to lie, but that he was using their lie to bring about Ahab's end. And I think that's right. All right. All right. So... I think that those I, I really believe those are the the two harder ones, uh, and and you you could come up with some others. I mean, there there's a couple of instances in Abraham's life where he where he lied about Sarah being his sister, not his wife. Uh, some people try to excuse him because they they were they were like half brother and half sister. I forget whether I think they had the same father but different mothers or something. But mm-hmm. and you know that so. Some people try to excuse Abraham in that instance when I think he was clearly wrong and, and the scriptures condemn him for the wrong that he did. Uh, the, the lie. But, you know, one of the things that's amazing is that in the, I believe this is a subtle sign of the inspiration of the scripture where even great men like Abraham and so forth the, are shown with these human failings. Yeah. If, 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 if you were trying to write a book and try to get people to pay attention to it, You'd, you'd cover up your hero's right. faults, right. but God exposes those faults we learn from them. All right, good. Uh, Chris mentioned that in his email, and appreciate uh, appreciate all our listeners for their comments tonight. And, uh, well, thus concludes uh, the year 2012 in the virtual Bible study. I'm not doing this again this year. You're I'm not? Just, I'm just telling you. Are you, you telling me the uh, truth? This is the last program. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be another year before I do this again. All right, well, I guess we'll see you next year. Hopefully. And hopefully we'll uh, see all of you next year. And hopefully you'll send in your your suggestions for topics that you'd like to hear discussed on the virtual Bible study. Oh, real quick, I got an email from Pat in Harvest, Alabama. He says, a lie is a lie even when we're teasing. If we try to deceive one, someone, it's, it's a lie even if it's meant to be funny. Oh, no, that's interesting. So, What about the practical jokes? Well, I think I think you can go over, overboard in these practical yeah. jokes. Pat may be on something there. Yeah. Right, got to think about it. We need to make sure that we're honest and, uh, and understand that God hates lies and lie, and those who would, he hates the, the lie, he hates the sin of lying, and so we need to be careful uh, that we're always telling the truth. Dad, thank you for your time tonight. Thanks, Jake. And, uh, and thanks to Larry for being here. The first night on the job, and a job well done. Uh, almost flawless execution. We, we can't blame him. Oh, it went pretty well. He, he did his part well anyway. All right. Well, uh, appreciate uh, Larry for being here, and appreciate you for being a part of this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. We hope you make plans to be back here this time next week, next year. For another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired word, the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.
Thanks for listening to the virtual Bible study brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.